Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 103 of the NXT Nightcap, recapping the highs and lows from WWE's developmental brand. I am your host and humble guide, Keela Cash. Thank you so much for joining me as week 160 of WrestleTopia continues. Happy Wednesday morning, afternoon, and evening to you all as another busy week in the worlds of WWE and AEW continues. And last night was NXT going down live from the WWE Performance Center in Orlando, Florida. And I've taken the last few weeks off because the NXT beat hasn't been hitting for me as of late and I like watching the show on Tuesdays but I'm not emotionally moved to talk about it right here on WST that changes a little bit today because I did like elements of last night's show but there's one glaring issue that I want to get into that will be the crux of my discussion for today but I do want to offer a couple of match recommendations from last night's show that you should definitely check out first off it was Tyler Bate versus Grayson Waller this might have been Waller's finest performance today because British strong style dudes just bring out the best and their opponents and last and I was no exception. Tyler Bate was a big, strong boy putting in that work, but it was Grayson Waller delivering punches to Bate at first. Bate fights back with his own ground and pound. And then we have Grayson Waller lay out Tyler Bate with the lariat on the outside as we go to a picture-in-picture commercial break. We come back and Tyler Bate makes a great baby face comeback and then delivers a gnarly airplane spin to Grayson Waller for a very close near fall. Grayson Waller fights back and he's actually going to go for a roll-up by grabbing the tights on Tyler Bate for a near fall, then grabs the ropes for leverage in front of the referee and the referee says, uh-uh, you can't do that. So Tyler Bate rolls up Grayson Waller a short time later for the victory and Grayson Waller flips out in the referee and ultimately Shawn Michaels backstage in gorilla position and Sean flips his lid and he says, let's go to break and got time for this shit as Grayson Waller and Shawn Michaels have beef under further notice. So I like that little thread of a storyline as well. And I thought that was a really good way to kick off last night's show with Tyler Bay standing tall with the W. Another highlight from last night's show was Jesse James promo about breaking up toxic attraction for good by kicking Gigi Dolan's face in. And she goes into the fact that she has been the most talked about star on NXT in the last week. Not Roxanne Perez, not Bond Breaker, not Melo, but me for what I did to my former best friend. But it was a warning shot because this was two years in the making. For two years, people looked at me like I did not belong in Toxic Attraction. I was a third wheel. Who's Jessie Jane? She's dragging the crew down, but I'm the last one left standing. Everyone has been laid out except for me, and it's my time now. And for anyone that wants to come for me, talk about me, or try to ruin this moment for me, Screw you. And she calls Gigi Dole and Chucky one more time for good measure and the Janetti of their partnership because apparently she's the HBK in the barbershop scene from last week via ding dong hello with Bailey. And I thought that Jesse Jane held court pretty well, could a pretty good promo. She could be a little hammy at times, but when given the proper material, she can come through. And I think she has the potential to be a big time star on NXT as a single star and make their way to the main roster in due time as well as someone that can stand out in the best possible way. So I thought this was a nice starting point for her as a heel. And Gigi will be over as a babyface whenever she returns to NXT. Another highlight from last night was the ongoing relationship between Brooks Jensen and Kiana James. So Brooks Jensen is 22 years old. He's a virgin and he's never kissed a girl. And Josh Briggs is trying to give him that advice of how to lean in for that kiss when the time calls for it. And Fallon Henley suspects that Kiana James got a man on the side and is cheating on Brooks Jensen. And she's going to prove this point 
when it's time for the date to end between Jensen and James. They're at her front door and he's going in for the kiss and Fallon Henley and Josh Briggs magically appear and Fallon drops a dime on Kiana James saying she's got a man and his name is Zach. Sorry, boo. Sorry, Jensen. Come to find out as I suspected for weeks that Zach would be Kiana James's brother. And sure enough, he was house sitting and he left the scene and Kiana James shaded Fallon Henley for doubting her and Brooks Jensen is left kissless for the night. Now I am here for the storyline because it's really good. I like the performances from everyone and I'm a sucker for a good love triangle. I want Fallon Henley and Kiana James to fight over Brooks Jensen and he'll pick Fallon Henley in the end when Kiana James shows her true colors eventually. And I'm a sucker for a good love triangle and crazily enough, 20 years ago this year marks one of my favorite love storylines in all of wrestling involving Trish Stratus and Chris Jericho. I swooned over them for weeks at a time on Monday Night Raw that was my go-to storyline. The first kiss was everything. And then the $1 Canadian bet between Christian and Jericho came into play. And Trish was heartbroken about this. Eventually her and Jericho reconciled. But WrestleMania 20 was the turn. No happy ending for me when she tongued down Christian low blow Jericho and that ended that relationship but I loved it in 03 it had my heart and then I experienced the beauty of Mandy Rose and Otis from three years ago and then Index from a couple of years ago which also made my heart warm because it was kooky zany but sexy as hell and now we got this Brooks Jensen storyline he's not my favorite character but I do find him endearing with this gimmick of him never having a lady in his life Fallon Henley being the supportive friend but might be catching feelings on the side and Kiana James we don't know her true motivations but she can play this part really well and she's rapidly improved as a character and wrestler in the last year or so so I'm loving this storyline I am a softy for a good love story if done properly in professional wrestling. This one is pretty good thus far. Now, I've gotten through what I like about the show. I want to shout out Thea Hell as well. Plays her part as a part of JC to perfection. She was spooked by the dyad and Ava Rain from last week that continues last night against Tiffany Stratton. And Thea Hell lands a dive on the outside, but she's spooked by Ava Rain and her crew, which allows Tiffany Stratton to land the springboard set on on Thea Hell, followed by the double jump moonsault on Hell as well for the one, two, three. Decent matchup despite the interference from the schism indirectly throughout this match by simply scaring and spooking Thea Hell throughout. And that will be the next feud involving Chase you in the schism possibly going down on TV if they bring back the Dusty Cup just in time for Stand and Deliver. But as always, we shall see. Now it's time to talk about the crux of last night's show that really stood out to me in a not so good way. So it was Braun Breaker, current NXT champion coming out. And I love Braun Breaker. I have talked very highly of Braun Breaker on this show in the last year or so. And he has been a fighting champion and he wants to know who's next, who's got next. And Jenna Mahal comes out, former WWE champion. And this promo exchange was very interesting because there was a pocket of the PC crowd sing-songing Braun Breaker Sucks to the tune of John Cena's theme song. And it was audible. And Jenna Mahal acknowledged it, saying that there's a pocket of fans that no longer rock with you. They boo you, they jeer you, they heckle you. I know what it's like to have an entire show on your back as champion. The pressure 
it can be daunting at times. And the fans will turn on you and they kind of are right now. But I want to show my respect for you by challenging you for the NXT Championship next week. And Braun Breaker makes a 3MB joke and he acknowledges the hecklers who get a little bit louder during this segment. And Jinder actually claps back by saying, oh, 3MB joke. Well, you might get a few laughs from the fans, but they still don't like you. They'll still turn on you next week and you defend your championship against me. And it's a very unique segment because you got Jenna Mahal being cheered by a percentage of this crowd over Braun Breaker. And Jenna Mahal has never done anything for me as a wrestler. He's very average in the ring and he's just okay on the mic. But when this guy has a bit more juice than Braun Breaker, we got problems. And I've been thinking about this and saying it for a while and that I think that Breakers hit a ceiling on this show. It's been that way for the last few months. The title defenses have been lacking outside of what he did against Ilya Dragunov and J.D. McDonough at Halloween Havoc back in October. That was a great championship match. That was Breaker's last great match outside of what he did against Von Wagner a couple of months ago. Otherwise, he's been a part of some very average main events. Tyler Bate notwithstanding, of course, at Worlds Collide when they unified the NXT UK and NXT Championships. I think Braun Breaker has the potential to be a WrestleMania main eventer, to be a star of the highest order. But come set and deliver whenever that show is over, he needs to get out of Florida and he needs to get promoted to the main roster. Because at this point, I think the system is holding him back and he's regressing a little bit. The things that were smooth six months ago are not so smooth now and it could be due to injury but I think that it is mainly due to one hitting the ceiling that you've done all there is to do and the fans are tired for whatever reason and I think they need a break from Breaker and Breaker definitely needs a break from these PC fans for a good two or three years come back with a family reunion and they're happy to see him as a successful WWE Universal Champion if the time calls for it in the next three to four years I honestly believe Breaker has what it takes to be a big time star in WWE but sometimes you gotta leave the system and spread your wings and fly as a performer and wrestle different styles against different opponents find yourself fully as a wrestler and on the microphone discover who Braun Breaker truly is because the NXT PC system can be detrimental it will put you in a box and it becomes stagnant fast and everybody cannot adapt a select few can find their way through this and others simply flounder and I don't want that for Breaker I think he's better off just wrestling against other people on the main roster and finding himself as a performer because at this point, you're running around in the same spot and the fans are reary. And I think that Braun Breaker is getting a little reary as well. And it's showing in his performances. And I don't want that to become a detriment because he's really good. He is impressive on every level, but he needs to get out of Florida. He needs to move on up and truly become the star he's meant to be in WWE. And it's not to say that there's more work to be done on NXT. It's possible, but he'll learn faster against seasoned performers on the road working Monday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, if need be. That's the track to go in order to be a true star in WWE, and that might be the path or breaker moving forward post-stand and deliver in a few weeks' time. But this segment revealed a lot. And when Jenna Mahal is getting a bigger pop than the champ, that's a babyface who's supposed to be the heart and soul of this brand, choices. 
and I'm going to leave it at that. Also happening on last night's show was Drew Gulak setting up his guy, Hank Walker, and he got stretched and submitted by Charlie Dempsey, and Dempsey and Gulak walked away together for reasons unknown. They've been beefing for the last few weeks, and now they're working together, just like Aladdin and Alba Fire. What a unique partnership. Hopefully we see more of this story play out on screen and I'll care more once we get to know Gulak and Dempsey a bit better in the weeks to come. And now it is time for our main event involving the current NXT Women's Champion Roxanne Perez and the legend Miko Satomura versus the former NXT Women's Tag Team Champions Katana Chance and Kaden Carter. This was a very good match and there was some dives by Roxanne Perez and Miko Satomura as we go to commercial break. We come back and Chance and Carter are working over Roxanne Perez until Miko Satomura makes high tag once again and lands a series of kicks and strikes to Kaden Carter for a near fall. The momentum springs back in favor of the former Tag Team Champions with Perez Perez back in the ring and then Satomura gets hit with the code breaker courtesy of Katana Chance. At one point Katana wipes out Roxanne Perez with a dive on the outside as Carter and Chance land a super Frankensteiner on Satomura. They go for their finisher the 450 combo into a net breaker but Satomura is going to roll through at the last possible moment and she is going to land a Pele kick on Carter makes a hot tag to Roxanne Perez who lands Pop Rocks on Carter for the one two three and I really enjoyed this match it was beautifully worked by all four ladies as Carter and Chance are a complete tag team that can make some noise on the main roster sometime very soon Amiko Satomura is a legend of the highest order and she let it be known that listen Roxanne Perez I did you a favor tonight but now I want something from you I want a shot at the NXT Women's Championship and Roxanne Perez says it would be my honor to give that to you and it's on for NXT Roadblock the last stop before send and deliver going down sometime very soon on NXT television but I really enjoyed the main event Great work from all four ladies to wrap up an all right episode of NXT on this Valentine's Day, this day of love and romance. And I want to love NXT again. That used to be my go-to show to review every Tuesday. Love to break it down right here on WST. But the last few weeks have given me nothing to really talk about. And last night was all right, but I need the show to hit its stride once again. I felt that way in late December and then it kind of cooled off in January outside of Vengeance Day, which had a great start with Jack and Wesley for the North America Championship, but it never quite met those expectations in terms of what this show can really do. And that needs to be resolved heading into Set and Deliver. Big time show in LA, 10 o'clock a.m. start time on the West Coast. You gotta make it count. And they have exceeded expectations via ticket sales, but the shows themselves leading up to this marquee PLE for NXT must be stand out starting next week preferably speaking and on that note this wraps up episode number 103 of the nxt nightcap recapping the highs and lows from wwe's developmental brand i hope you enjoyed it as always you can follow me on social media at lady wrestling x on twitter they can find me tweeting about these podcast shows that drop on the semi-daily recapping monday night raw nxt aw dynamite friday night smackdown on fox and aw rampage on tnt airing at 7 p.m eastern due to the ongoing coverage of the nba all-star weekend on tnt 
Plus, you can check out the Sweeney Sessions every Monday morning on WST as well. You know what to do, such as Topia and follow me on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, Google Podcasts, Buzzsprout, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, Tune Plus Amazon Alexa, and Spotify. I'll be back tomorrow morning with episode number 99 of The Dynamite Effect, recapping the highs and lows from AW Dynamite on TBS. Until then, enjoy your hump day. Stay safe out there and don't forget to wash those hands. See you later, boys and girls. Take care.